This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And very likely we have some watching today for the first time, as along with those who watch every time we're on the air. And may I uh, thank you for tuning in to watch the telecast. Today we want to talk about the crucifixion. The crucifixion. I hope that you will stay tuned. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize that the course is free. And we want you to have it, and we'd like to pause long enough so that you can learn, first of all, more about the course, and secondly, how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box, 314 Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call toll free 1-877-711-5214 For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The death of Jesus Christ upon a Roman cross marks the central point in the history of mankind. When Jesus cried and said, It is finished, that marked the completion of a long series of events that had taken place according to the divine guidance of God. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross was not an accident. Oh, no. It was according to a carefully executed purpose and plan of God. In Revelation, the 13th chapter, in verse 8, Jesus is spoken of as being the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In Acts the second chapter in verse 23, on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Jesus coming into the world and dying on the cross was according to the purpose and the plan of God. In the third chapter of Ephesians, verses 10 and 11, Paul wrote, to the intent now that under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross was not an accident. It was according to the eternal plan, the eternal purpose of God Almighty. And the death of Jesus Christ on that cross was the completeness of God's intentions toward sinful man. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says, And when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman, 
made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. And so Jesus Christ came into the world when the time was right. God sent him to become the Savior of all mankind. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 3, Paul wrote, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. The death of Jesus Christ is the most important event in all of human history. Jesus Christ died on the cross as the sin bearer for all humanity. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and in verse 24, Peter is talking about what Jesus did upon the cross of Calvary who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Notice, bore our sins in his own body on the tree. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is the focal point in connection with the gospel of our Lord. Well, when I think about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, it reminds me of the great love that God had for mankind. For God so loved the world that, that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved the world enough that he was willing to divest himself of the royal gem of heaven to send his son down into this world of sin and suffering and sorrow and to die upon the cross all because of the love of God. It's a little difficult for us to comprehend that type of love. There's the love that a mother has for her children. There, there are not many things that a mother wouldn't do for her children because of the love she has for them. We, we hear of the love that a man may have for his wife, the love that we have for one another. And, and yet there's no, it's very difficult, there's really no way for us to fully grasp, fully comprehend the great love of God Almighty. But the crucifixion of Jesus Christ upon that Roman cross lets me know how much God really loved me. And when I think about the cross of Jesus Christ and I focus my attention on it, I see the cross as the clearest evidence of the world's guilt of sin. We live in a world that is filled with sin and sinners. And no one knows that any more than God. And there's no one who's done any more about it than God. He gave his son. And he gave his son to save man from sin. And he gave his son because he loves man even though man is a sinner. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5 and verse number 8. 
Some people think that, that if Jesus should come back into the world today, that, that Jesus would get a better reception than he did when he came into the world the first time. In Isaiah's prophecy, he said he was despised and, and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and he was acquainted with grief. But the fact is, we would treat Jesus no better today should he come back into the world than he was treated the first time. You see, Jesus still comes to us every day. Jesus comes to us every day in the form of human needs that we pass by. He comes to us every day in the form of Bibles that go unread. He, he comes to us every day in the form of prayers that go unprayed. He comes to us every day in the form of commands that he's given us that are not obeyed. The fact is, Jesus Christ is treated no better today than he was nearly 2,000 years ago, despised and rejected among men. And yet, when Jesus died upon that cross, Jesus took upon himself the sins of the whole world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, Paul said he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus Christ knew no sin. He was not a sinner. He had never sinned. And yet Jesus died to pay the penalty for my sins, for your sins. Every stripe that was put upon the precious back of the Lord Jesus Christ is something I deserve. Every thorn that was pressed down into his precious brow is something that I deserve. Every agonizing minute that he was lingering upon that cross with nails in his hands and in his feet and with the scorching heat of the sun bearing down upon him was agony and suffering and pain that I deserve. And yet Jesus Christ died upon that cross as a sin offering for the whole wide world. He was lifted up for all mankind upon the cross of Calvary. As John 3, 16 says, it was for the world. That's the whole world. You see, Jesus' death was not just for people in a certain part of the world. It's not just for people in the western part of the world. But it's for people all over the world, wherever they are. He died for them on that cross. Have you ever thought about what put Jesus on that cross? The, the sins that are responsible for his death? Well, of course, one of the sins responsible for the death of Jesus was the love of money. Judas, one of his own disciples, because he loved money, betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But for the price of a common slave, he sold Jesus into the hands of his enemies. He loved money. Now, before we become 
censorous of Judas. Let, let's think about mankind today. Because you see, people still sell the Lord short because of the love of money. It's the love of money that keeps many an individual away from the Lord today. Money is not good, nor is it bad. Money is not evil in and of itself. It's the attitude that one takes toward it that can make it wrong. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 10 says, It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And many have sold their souls to Satan himself for the love of money. The love of money crucified the Son of God. Another sin responsible for the death of Jesus on the cross was the sin of envy. Envy is a terrible sin. In Matthew chapter 27, the Bible says that he knew for, that for envy they had delivered him up. Well, what about Jesus caused them to be envious? Could it be they were envious of his life? He, he lived as no other person had ever been able to do. He lived a perfect life. Perhaps they were envious of his influence upon people. Perhaps they were envious of the lessons that he taught. It is said of Jesus in John 7, never man spake like this man. It was their envy that caused them to deliver him to be crucified. Envy is a terrible sin. Proverbs 14 and verse 30 says that envy is rottenness of the bones. Envy to the soul of man is somewhat like cancer is to the body of man. It will destroy you. Envy will destroy you. And so Jesus was crucified because of the sin of envy. Also, Jesus was crucified because of, of cowardice, a lack of conviction. Now, Pilate knew Jesus was an innocent man. And Pilate wanted to please the people. Even though he knew Jesus had done nothing worthy of death, he had Jesus scourged, and he allowed Jesus to be crucified. You see, he was just a moral weakling. He was a compromiser. He had no backbone. He had no conviction. And that led to the death of Jesus. How much conviction do we have? I am persuaded that we need to have some convictions that we will be willing to take a stand on. We need to have some convictions about God and about Jesus and about the Bible, about the church, about our soul. Convictions that need be, we would gladly surrender our lives rather than compromise those convictions. But Jesus was crucified because there was a man who 
was willing to compromise what he knew was right and do what was wrong. Pilate was a weakling. Jesus Christ died upon that cross. Je Jesus was crucified because some of his disciples did not have the courage to stand by him, but they followed afar off. Peter followed afar off, finally denied the Lord, denied that he even knew him. And there are those today who are following afar. Oh, they believe in Jesus, they say. That they believe in the Bible, they say. They believe they need to get ready to meet God, they say. But where are they? They follow. They follow afar. And that attitude can lead to nothing but disaster in your life and in mine. Just how important is the death of Jesus Christ? And how do I show the importance of the death of Jesus Christ? Well, the importance of Jesus Christ is seen in that I cannot be saved without it. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 says that apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission. I cannot be saved without appropriating the benefits of the death of Jesus to my sins. My sins must be cleansed by that blood. What can wash away my sins? I'm not talking about the sins of people in some remote place of the world. I'm talking about my sins. What is it that can cleanse me of my sins? And the answer is nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? What can eradicate my sins? Nothing but the blood. But when does the blood wash away my sins? It's when I, as a believer in Jesus, as a repentant believer in Jesus, as a confessor uh, in Jesus Christ, that is, I confess him to be the Son of God, when I am baptized into Christ, Romans 6, 3, for the remission of sins, Acts 2 and verse 38, that I might put on Christ, Galatians 3 and verse 27, that my sins are washed away, Acts 22 and verse 16. Have you been baptized? Are you showing the importance, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ? We, we show importance to that cross by taking up our own cross and following him. Jesus in Luke the ninth chapter in verse 23 said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You see, Jesus had a cross to bear. You and I have a cross to bear as well. But that simply means that where there's a life of cross-bearing to live, and sometimes bearing the cross of Christ in our daily lives is not an easy 
thing to do. Paul in Galatians 6 and verse 14 said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the cross of Jesus Christ sometimes can bring us into difficult, difficult places with some people. And it becomes a burden to bear to be a Christian. But if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. 1 Peter 4.16 And we count it all joy when we're called on to suffer for the name of our Lord. We show the importance of that cross when we take up our cross and we follow him. Why in Matthew 16 and 24, Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Are you following him today? Are you showing how important the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ really is? And we show the importance of that cross when we appropriate it to our lives. And when I tell somebody else that Jesus died to save their soul, one man was asked, what is the most profound thought that you ever entertained? This man was a very intelligent man, highly educated man, and he thought for a moment and then replied, the most profound thought I ever had was this, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And there's not a greater thought that you could have in your mind right now than that the Lord loved you, and he loved you enough that he went to the cross to save your soul. In John 15 and 13, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus not only died for his friends, but he died even for people that were his enemies. But we become his friend by doing what he tells us to do. Is Jesus your friend? Jesus died to save you. Jesus died to be your friend. And he wants to be the friend of all mankind. I'm speaking to some right now, maybe who feel as though they're not wanted, they're not loved, they're not appreciated. But I want you to know something. There's one who wants you. There's one who loves you. There's one who appreciates you. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we show how important Jesus Christ is in our life by focusing our attention upon his cross. Listen to Paul again. For I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. 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 Think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Prostrate on the ground. Praying so fervently that the perspiration appears as drops of blood upon his brow. And there's the trampling of feet as a mob invades that garden. And there's one who steps out from that crowd and, and comes and betrays Jesus with a kiss. And then Jesus is taken from one mock trial to another all night long. 
and finally comes back into the court of Pilate. Pilate knows he's innocent. He has him beaten. He has him scourged. I can't imagine what that scourging must have been like. I just can't imagine it. It was a cat of nine tails. It may have had embedded in the ends of it bits of metal, bits of bone. And can you hear something like cords breaking? That's the tearing and the searing of the flesh of the Son of God is that scourge bites in. But then finally, Jesus is made to carry his cross to, to execution hill, but he falls beneath it, and Simon is made to carry the cross. And then they come to Golgotha, to Calvary, and Jesus is spread-eagled out on that cross. And they began the nasty work of nailing him to that cross. And they fasten his hands to that cross, perhaps driving those spikes through the wrist of the Son of God, nailing him to the old rugged cross. And then that standard, the, that crossbar is lifted up and placed on top of the upright post. His feet are then nailed to that cross. And there Jesus comes to rest suspended between heaven and earth with the weight, with the guilt, and with the burden of the world's sins upon him. And while he was hanging upon that cross, Jesus uttered several sayings, seven sayings in all. He said, I thirst. I thirst. And while on that cross, Jesus cried out in the stillness of the dying hour. And he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Forsaken by God, forsaken by man, dying upon that Roman cross for you and for me. Do you appreciate that? The fact that Jesus died for you. I wish that there was a way that I could shout so the world could hear, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus and him crucified. When Philip preached to the man from Ethiopia, he preached to him, Jesus, Acts 8, 35. And as they went along in the chariot of this man from Ethiopia, he said, why can't I be baptized? He said, he can if, if you believe. He said, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He commanded the chair to stand still. They went down into the water bowl. Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Would you do that? Do it today. Jesus loves you. Thank you for watching. Until we meet again. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.